0: THE HEALING WORD MINISTRY ON ONE PLACE IS BROUGHT TO YOU BY THE GENEROUS DONATIONS OF PEOPLE LIKE YOU. AT ANY TIME DURING TODAY'S MESSAGE, FEEL FREE TO SEND A PRAYER REQUEST OR MAKE A DONATION USING THE LINKS PROVIDED. NOW, I PRAY YOU WILL BE BLESSED AS PASTOR JACK MORRIS DELIVERS A MESSAGE FROM THE WORD OF GOD THAT WILL ENCOURAGE AND STRENGTHEN YOUR FAITH IN HIM.
1: I KNOW CHRISTIANS TODAY THAT ARE LITERALLY WORE OUT PHYSICALLY, MENTALLY, spiritually. They're just wore out. We're part of this world in that we have been caught up in the activities of the world, and we need strength.
0: Welcome to The Healing Word. We're so glad to have you with us today. Before we begin today's message, Pastor Jack Morris is here with me to share some exciting news. Pastor,
1: Hello, friend. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. I would like to unite with you in prayer for your more specific prayer needs. In order to do that, go to thehealingword.com and scroll down to Pray Now. There will be specific categories such as forgiveness, overcoming fear, healing, decision-making, and more. I will greet you, I will pray with you, and then I will share the Word of God with you. Friend, God loves you and wants to answer your prayers. Go to TheHealingWord.com and let's pray
0: now. Thanks for the update, Pastor, and I'm ready to pray now. But first, let's continue with today's Healing Word program. Possibly no one in the Bible faced adversity as much as David, but he always found a way to overcome it by trusting God. Listen today as Pastor Morris focuses on a particular chapter in the book of Psalms that serves as such a great encouragement as we face troubles today.
1: The scripture says, God says, be still and know. In other words, be still and you will know or you will experience the power of God, but you will not experience the blessing that God has for us if we're not still. Notice, be still and know that I am God. Friends, we do not yet know the power of God. I'm getting a little bit of an echo, sir. We still don't know the power, but this morning, by the grace of God and the name of Jesus, I believe we will move in Him in a way perhaps we have never moved before. It'll be something that is happening inside. It'll be something that's happening in our brain. The Holy Spirit will be moving in as we open our hearts and quiet our soul before him. Now notice, be still and know that I am God. Okay, what are we going to know? What what is there about God that we're going to know? Well, we're in the 46th chapter of Psalms. Go to verses 1 and 2. And this is exactly what He wants us to know and exactly what we will know when our spirit, our soul, our brain, our mind, our heart becomes still before Him. This is what He wants us to know. God is our refuge and strength in ever-present help and trouble, therefore we will not fear. Now notice that again. God wants to be our refuge. God wants to be our hiding place. I mean, he would have us come apart and enter into a secret place under the shadow of the Almighty, under the shadow of his wings. He wants to cover us, protect us, and bless us, but we'll never know that comforting, relaxed place until our soul is spirit- and when he can gently move us in. Into that precious place. And strength. I know Christians today that are literally wore out. Physically, mentally, spiritually. They're just wore out. We're part of this world. In that we have been caught up in the activities of the world. And we need strength. And If we're still, we're going to know the ever-present help of the Lord. Ever-present, not sometimes uh, or on a special occasion when we have a great big problem, but an ever-present Lord. Therefore, we will not fear. The only way we're going to get fear out of our brain and out of our lives is if we still ourselves before the Lord and allow Him to move in to our being. This is what He has called us to our mind is overheated because of activity mind never stops but I'm thinking of the mind the brain the activity that is not Christian we're just trying to catch up do this do that make this right correct that uh, and, and those kinds of thoughts and then once in a while we'll think oh I need to pray I will pray I'll ask God's blessing over the food but to get a quiet time with the Lord, even two or three minutes just to be in his presence, just a a little bit. I mean, God is there to help us. He is the ever-present God to bless us and to help us. Our mind is, is, is overactive and not dwelling where it should be or could be, And receiving from the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 30 verse 15 it says. In quietness and trust. Listen. In quietness and trust shall be your strength. Friends you're never going to feel good and happy and joyous. Until we get quiet before the Lord. And that's why we're in church today. That's why you've come to the house of the Lord. This is an oasis in a desert world. We've just come apart to be in His presence. You're here. You're going to receive. Oh, I know it. I'm excited for everyone here because of what God is going to give to us and how He is going to bless us today. There are two kinds of stillness. Let me speak to you about it. First, there's the physical stillness from children. We just can't be still, can we? <laughs> We're always telling the kids, be still. <laughs> the teacher in the classroom, be still, why? So you can focus, you can't focus with all of this activity that is going on when you're whispering and talking and jittering and looking out the window and thinking what you're gonna do at recess. And you know, You've just got to be still. So at home, be still. At school, be still. So we have been active physically. <laughs> and mentally from childhood I mean it it's ingrained in us and that's why we have to stop and pay some special attention to this call of God it is God calling us into quietness before him I remember and I have this story from uh, P.J. Mazza I called her yesterday and uh, she told me a story years ago when Mandy was only, I think, five years old. Mandy is now a grown married woman with her own children. And uh, so she brought Mandy into church. And so I understand children are going to act up, cry, talk, and uh, you have to take them to the restroom. I understand that. Children don't have the attention span that an adult has, but adults don't have very much of an attention span. (laughs) So P.J. got her a coloring book and some crayons. And um, that Sunday was Christmas Sunday. That was the Sunday before Christmas. And I was preaching a sermon. And in the sermon, there was a story about my dad buying a Christmas tree that was uh, what what we call alive, meaning it still had the ball of dirt and roots on it. And then we decorated it all up, made it look real pretty. And then after Christmas, we took it out down at the end of our yard and planted it. Well, by, it was Christmas all year long. There's my Christmas tree. And I would take water down and pour on it. And I was telling that story. And after the service was over, Mandy said to her mother, I didn't even have to color in my coloring book today. I was listening to the story. <laughs> so, So, <clears throat> If if you need listen, if you need a coloring book, go ahead and get one and, and, and bring it next Sunday. But but adults are fidgety and we may need a coloring book. It'll be all right. I see people sometimes they have their cell phone. We don't have coloring books, but we have cell phones. We're down. Look up at me. Look up at me. <laughs> Sometimes people bring their work in and I see them, they're down turning pages and getting ready for Monday. How can God bless (laughs) with that going on? But that is going on. And I wouldn't tell you something that is not true, but I can see a lot from up here. (laughs) So you all better be good. (laughs) Be still. I, I, I know when... I'm in the barber's chair. I have to be still. Don't let Phil. Yeah, Phil grab my head and turn it around like that. He does that all the time. Pull it back a little bit. I have to be still. And I'll start looking out. And uh, I have to be still in the dentist chair. You want to fidgety in a dentist chair? No, that's the wrong place to get fidgety. You don't want to do that. Several years ago I was in the giant supermarket, and they were giving out the, those uh, flu shots. And I thought, well, I'm here. I might as well go get, get one. I mean, it's free. So if, if they're giving something away anywhere, I'm going to check it out. <laughs> so I, I went over, and I sat down and said, lady had that big thing with a big, long needle on it. And I said, lady, is this going to hurt? Then I said, uh, she just looked at me I said, I'll tell you, ma'am, I'm a coward and a yellow one at that. She said to her aide, she said, go get that needle that's rusty, the the, the, the rusty needle for this guy. (laughs) So, You don't want to get fidgety when you're getting a flu shot, getting vaccination. But the mind, two types of stillness, physical stillness, and the mind. There is sometimes people can be so quiet, so still, but in here, the mind is overactive, it's overheating. We're planning and working and working out solutions, or at least we think we are. Sometimes when we're working out those solutions, we are really taking the place of God.
0: Return to the message today following this invitation for you to check out thehealingword.com. There you'll find inspirational testimonies, messages from the Word of God to empower your spiritual life, and the Pray Now app that you can access to pray with Pastor Morse over a need in your life. Everything we offer on thehealingword.com is our free gift to you, so go there today and be healed. Now let's return to the conclusion of today's message.
1: I want to tell you about a man named Charles. His first name is Charles. He lived over in Virginia. That's all I'll tell you about him. He was a severely handicapped or severely addicted with alcohol. And his pastor said that his life, I'm using his words, his life was cracking up. He was a successful businessman, had a very nice family. And Charles knew that he needed help. Well, thank God for people who know they have and need help. I mean, you know you need help and you're just about healed already. And so Charles, being an intelligent man that he was, he looked for a physician surgeon who could help him. He wanted the very best in America. He needed help and he knew he needed help. So he found this doctor, this physician surgeon in New York, made an appointment and went up. The physician uh, was one of the, 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 the top when it comes to uh, dealing with uh, the problem of alcohol. The physician put him in the hospital, kept him there several days, and then then the physician called him in one evening to his office. The physician's name was Silkworth, Dr. Silkworth. Dr. Silkworth set Charles down. He says, Charles, right now, I've taken care of your situation. You're okay. Charles was happy. But this is what the physician told him. The chances of you returning to alcohol is very great. You're okay now, but there's going to be problems and difficulties in your life. And you're going to look for some help. And you're going to, by all, in all likelihood, turn back. And Charles said, oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? He said, can't you help me? You're the best in the country. And the physician said, I have done all that I can do. And right now, you're fixed. But I'm telling you, Charles, in all likelihood, according to my best judgment, it's only a matter of time and you're going to revert right back to where you were when you called and made the appointment to come up here. And I can help you. And Charles cried out, he said, if you can not help me, then who can help me? I need help. You're the best. And Dr. Silkworth said, I know a doctor. I know a doctor that I think can help you. Not only help you today, but help you in the future. And Charles said, well, wh- where is he? What's his name? Give me his address. And Dr. Silkworth said, he's going to be very expensive. Charles, this doctor, is extremely expensive. And Charles said, I don't care how expensive it is. I'll get the money. I need help. I can't live this way. I'll get the money. And then the doctor said, this man not only going to ask for a portion of what you have, he's going to ask for everything you have. His name is Jesus. (laughs) Dr. Jesus. Thank God for that doctor who knew Jesus and knew what Charles needed. And Charles, voice calmed down. He said, "Uh, then I want Dr. Jesus. I want help. So the doctor told him, you go to Jesus. He will help you, not only now, but he is an ever-present help. Do you know what that means, an ever-present help? Well, that evening, Charles left the doctor's office, and he walked out on the streets of New York, and it was just getting dark, and it was snowing and raining. It was rain and snow coming down, and Charles started walking down the street, but charles knew that something was happening charles said i knew something had started happening and he said i i remember reading uh, a, about a, a pastor i read his books and he pastored a church in new york city and i remembered the address and i walked until about 11 o'clock that night in that rain and snow and i found his church i found that church now friends i know a building some like my cousin told me, who just recently died of cancer. When I talked to her months and months ago, her name, first name was Rosie. Rosie, you need to find a house of God. She said, well, you can be a Christian and not go to church. I I don't really believe that, I really don't. Jesus said, I will build my church. We need one another, we need one another. I can't stay home and you here. Friend, we are the family of God. We are the church of friendship and joy where Christ is honored and people are loved. Friend, That's a lot of talk. Come on, let's put some legs on it like Charles walked those streets. And he found that church building, but it was 11 o'clock at night. He tried the door. The door was locked. There was a little dim light inside that was being muted through a stained glass window. And Charles stood there and he took both of his hands and he he put his hands on the marble block. There's a huge, it was an old Gothic church building. You see, buildings are dedicated to God. We are standing on a holy ground. And he put his hands on that block. And when he put his hands on that block, that block, big marble block, spoke to him of strength and he felt his strength. Watch him as he moves through. Watch Charles. And he felt his strength, and he began to pray. And let me, let me, I'm going to read the prayer. I, I might miss it. I, let, me, let me read the prayer that he prayed. Being a businessman, he reached in his wallet, and he took out a, a calling card, and he wrote this prayer on the back of the calling card. Here it is. "'Dear Dr. Jesus, this is your unworthy servant, Charles. Dr. Silthworth says that only you can completely heal me. I hereby now and with all my heart give myself to you.'" he's writing this on the back of a calling card. "'Please touch me in my brain and in my heart with your healing grace. I love you, dear Jesus.'" And then he signed it, Charles, first name only. And he dropped it in the church mailbox. And then he stood there. He just stood there in quietness, seemingly being unconscious that it was raining on him and it was snowing on him. So, friends, we're so conscious about what's going on around us. Let us lift up. My faith looks up to thee. Thou oh, Lamb of Calvary... And he stood there unconscious. And suddenly, Charles said, he felt a warm, a clean warm, come all over him from his head down to his feet. And he knew that God was there and that he had met God and God met him. (laughs) Alleluia now the pastor of that church was a very popular pastor he's in heaven now and uh, he had a lot of speaking engagements and he had a speaking engagements he was invited to a, a church down in virginia where charles lived well, well he and charles had met each other they knew each other uh, well this pastor went down into virginia and he was preaching at a particular church charles knew about it and charles went out though this was Months and months after that New York experience that Charles had there at this pastor's church. And this pastor was singing. They were standing singing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. That is one of my very favorite songs. And the pastor from New York looked out and saw Charles. He says, Charles was standing erect with his shoulders back, big smile on his face, Most everybody there had a hymnal, but he knew that hymn by heart. And he would say, what a friend we have in Jesus. The pastor said, the pastor started crying. Friend, if we would only see, if we would only know what God can do, be still and know. Charles stood there on the street of the rain and he knew that God was there, that Dr. Jesus was there and the healing had come to him. Today's your day to meet the great physician, of body, soul, and spirit, and he knows how to correct your mind and fix whatever needs fixing. He's here to do it, and he loves you. Are you ready to receive from the doctor? Listen, are you ready to hear his diagnosis? Oh, I'm not a bad person. I'm not a sinner. Yes, we've all sinned, all of us. Only the blood of Jesus at Calvary can cleanse us. And he is here, the physician to do the work and to get to the controlled nerve center.
0: He can get there and he's going to get there even now. The Lord is on our side, by our side and gives us peace on the inside. Let this truth take hold, and you will triumph in every situation. If today's message has blessed you and strengthened your faith in God, would you consider partnering with Pastor Morse and supporting The Healing Word Ministry with your prayers and donating to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ reaching thousands? Go to thehealingword.com and click the Donate button to pledge your support. And remember, the faith-building message you heard today is our gift to you. Your donation is your gift to God. Join us tomorrow for another Healing Word message. Until then, blessings on you.